0: All right, guys. Today we're going to be talking about toxic masculinity with Stephen Ferguson. I don't want to speak for you, so going to go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: Outstanding. Thank you for having me yeah, here, absolutely. and I appreciate the opportunity to share the message uh, of the suffering that men are under today. And it's a lot and most of us aren't aware that we're we're suffering because uh, we've been programmed to uh, be something. I believe that we're never meant to be. Uh, and a lot of this grew out of during the Industrial Revolution, and I'm an origins guy. I love origin stories. So I'm sure most of us do who follow comic books. You know, big comic book fan, big origins fan, and you know, suffering's uh, an or- there's an origin to a lot of the suffering that were go- that's going on in the world. And one of the the, the 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 what men are up against today grew out of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, at that time, plant managers found these young. Uh, men, young men who are 10, 13 years old, working 60, 80 hours a week for $5 a week. You know, they found that these young men that were emotional were less productive. So they created a social narrative. They, 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 they condemned us for ever even having emotions. And and those four words really screwed up the world. Big boys don't cry. and And it has programmed us to be something I believe that we were never meant to be and and i'll give you some science to kind of kind of support that now by through uh, the definition of biology men and women we're 100% the same when was the last time you saw a woman go on a mass shooting spree uh, doesn't happen no They've grown up in a world where they're allowed to have these emotions. It's not to say the women don't have toxic emotions. And I really like to kind of get away from the word toxic masculinity okay. because I believe that within all of us lies the divine feminine and the divine masculine, balanced in every creature, every walking creature, you know, men and women both. Uh, so to say that toxic masculinity, I, 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 again, I think it's a label that doesn't do us any good. Uh, I don't feel it helps us. It's time to to remove the labels that have created that toxic emotion. Uh, Big boys don't cry is a label that, that most men have had to grow up in. And at some point through know, their social peers, my father, who being one of them when I was 12, put a gun to my head and told me if, he ever, if I ever shed another tear again, he'd blow it off. Uh, his favorite saying to me was that I bought you into this world, I'll take you out and make another one look just like My you. mom said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. That was uh, from Bill Cosby said that. <laughs> By the way, I think it's the origin to that. No, they <laughs> so. Go Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, uh, these, uh, these th- this narrative that we've had to grow up in has forced us to stuff our emotions so deep and when we stuff emotions, that's why I say women do it too. It's not a, a male-female thing. We all do it. Uh, just men do it more to the extreme than women do because we've been pro we've been doing it for a lot longer than they have mm-hmm. uh, for over the last 120 years, we've been programming ourselves to stuff these emotions. Not to say every man does that but to say, to ask us to be anything other than what we are without the tools and the support to get there, it's like asking us to build or sail a ship with no compass. Uh, you know, we might eventually get there, but we're gonna, we're gonna do a lot of damage along the way. And <laughs> and, and, and so- it's kind of the story of history, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Exactly. And And there's tools that are readily available. Uh, they're real simple. Uh, science, thankfully, we have science today to prove <clears throat> how these things can help us. And the science is, the bad news is we've been programmed. You know, our responses are programmed responses. The only fear that we're programmed with is the fear of falling. So all other fears learn behavior. And, you know, nobody's born bad. Nobody's born, you know, evil. We're all born magical and beautiful. Uh, I believe that in my heart with no doubt. So it's the environments that we grow up in that nurture us and create the mo- little monsters that we become. Uh, and, and, the t- you know, so again, the tools are we've been programmed. Be- but that's the bad news. The good news is we can reprogram every bit of it. And it only takes 20 minutes a day to do it. Some of what you're speaking about is... Uh... Like cognitive dissonance, right? Absolutely. Okay. So can you elaborate on that? Uh Carl Jung's one of my favorite people to ta- uh, to refer to when it comes to uh, the collective consciousness and, and, and the shadow works. So, you know, a lot of people we like to call them demons, but they're not demons. Carl Jung calls them shadows. So he kind of takes the stigma, to, you know, takes that negative uh stigmatation that we like to attach because words have power and they, they define our reality. In fact, spelling, you know, they you know what they call it, spelling? Because we speak spells. We speak into oh, it, it, we speak incantations. We that speak into our sense. reality, the existence around us. So we've been programmed you know for a long time. We've been practicing using these words. Uh, of judgment to judge our surroundings constantly constantly uh they've even given us a platform a, a handheld platform to judge everybody now <laughs> and so we're, we're walking out the doors, yeah. we're judging everybody it's and true. then we're judging ourselves and then they wonder why uh anxiety and depression is at an all-time high yeah uh, we're not taking any we're not being mindful of the things that we're putting in our backpack as we walk along
0: that's nuts
1: so dissonance
0: i think the best way i've heard it described would be um Bill Nye, so Bill Nye explained it like, you know, we used to, if you saw like fire, you put your hand to it and the mind tells you, Hey, pull, pull back. Like you, you said falling, is kind of a natural, don't do that. It's to keep you from just, you know, willy nilly, just which Falling. I think
1: what you're referring to is what's, and this, this is actually I'm glad you brought up that, that that is actually the key uh the way to cipher it all is through discernment. Mm-hmm. Uh judgment versus discernment. We've been programmed to judge everything but we haven't been taught how to discern. Discernment is <coughs> therefore our well-being and for the survival of mankind. Judgment only feeds my ego.
0: Right. So so he he goes on to explain is that that that's a a natural mechanism to keep you out of trouble but mm-hmm. unfortunately sometimes it overrides our brain when we like we question society or, or a particular notion that we've been brought up
1: exactly yeah. we've been brought up in the in, in to uh I, unfortunately I grew up with I had a racist father um uh, thankfully, my mom was smart enough to get get us get me away from him at a young age. But the neighborhood I grew, I moved into. In fact, I was the only white. We are one of four white families in the whole neighborhood, so it was kind of interesting moving in and I used the n-word quite a bit unfortunately and I got my got my ass beat a few times too and and, oh okay so finally my mom my mom my mom corners the kids one day and says you know if you got a problem my son come to the house you know and and we'll we'll, while sending them out you can do it one-on-one but no more of this gang and stuff and one day I ran off with my mouth because I didn't know any better again I've been Mm -hmm. programmed to use this word so that's all life is everything that we're doing is programming and I, I I didn't like the word it was it just came out because I wasn't mindful of what I was saying. I wasn't taught how to be mindful, none of us are. And so again, to ask anybody to be anything other than what they are without the tools and support to get there, uh, again, it's a a merry-go-round. You break the cycle, give them the support. Nonviolent communication is what we should all be practicing in our everyday language, not only with the way we describe ourselves, but the people around us, nonviolent communication. Uh, in fact, uh, the Dalai Lama said that true love is the absence of all judgment, and this is what sent me down all these rabbit holes four years ago. Uh, was that what he said? True love is the absence of all absence of all judgment. I'm like, what is he talking about? How can I love and 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 not judge? So I found through science that we either vibrate in love or we vibrate in fear, but we do not vibrate both at the same time. So when we judge anything as bad or wrong. Uh, that we're effectively lowering our vibration to fear. And that's where toxic emotion grows from. Hmm. Uh, So um, if you... And again, a life shelf to, to add to that, life emotions have a life shelf of 90 seconds. So, if you after 90 seconds, you're actually making a choice to feed that story more information to make it bigger. So, the, the initial response that we feel that's okay, we can feel angry, we feel upset by that. But the trick is to own that instead Mm -hmm. of deflect it back onto whatever's, whatever's causing. So instead of saying, you know, you make me so angry. No, nobody makes me angry. I, it's my inability to navigate the emotion is the problem at that moment. I'm not flowing through it. I'm attached to it. I'm resisting it and I'm attaching to it.
0: Now that's, is that a philosophical principle or is that that science? Kind of. I've heard of, well, though, I mean, there is the thing that, um. As far as like you said, maybe Josh, you might be able to find something on this. What did you want me to look at? Yeah, it's, it's a, there's something about your emotions,
1: like scientifically. Bruce Bruce Lee, be like water. Well,
0: yeah, I think I'm getting it from though there's, there's a study behind it where that's actually like you the measurement of anxiety and all those things
1: only last a certain period Absolutely. of time there is there through yeah. mri studies they've done through 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 science science on our bodies mris uh, what's going on with the with our body and our vibration when we're judging uh and when we're in a state of love when we're actually praying and meditating they've been able to do these studies and show the development of our brain, which is really neat because I've been studying, now I've been studying neuroscience and neurology for the past three years. And I love it. I love that. I heard a quote that just fascinated me that made me want to really dig into it. And it's like, you can create, literally create infinite paths to happiness. So think about it, That's a lot of zeros, man. Like infinite paths. Okay. Now I'm, in, I'm interested. Okay. How do okay. we get there? Practice. Yeah. So. Yeah, what he said
2: was true. Actually, a neuroscientist, uh, her name was Jill uh, Bolt. uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Jill Taylor.
1: Jill Taylor, thank you. Yeah,
2: uh, she had a a memoir, and in her book, she notes that
0: the psychological lifespan of any emotion in the body is uh, 90 seconds. Yeah. So So I knew I I heard that somewhere. Um, So, yeah, so I guess you're getting on the turnpike. Someone cut you off. That's already went... Down, that's already done and gone, but then you might go and you might yell at the cashier at the gas station, kick the cat 96. Mm-hmm. So later, kick but- the
1: cat. Uh, that scenario you kick the cat, you know, I mean? and by the time you know, if something bad happens at work, and something you know, and then by the time you get home, you're kicking the cat as you walk through the door because mm-hmm. it's a it's a snowball effect, and you carry that with you, and if you're not checking in with it. And if you and, and really, if you think about like the programming of where all that came from, look how many times, how many thousands of movies have you seen, or hundreds of movies have you seen, where you've seen a movie, where you've had, to, where you judged a predator because of this victim being attacked, and you judge them, but you haven't taken any uh, accountability for that judgment you cast on them. I mean, it's okay to judge, but be accountable for it. You know, and be mindful of it. you are not because we've been programmed not to. Hmm. So.
0: Is there any nuance to, is there, uh, like I've heard the word, what is it? Righteous anger.
1: Like um. It. Yes, there is. Actually, it, 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 There is. It's, it's not about being right or wrong. And here's the duality trap that we've all been caught in, and this is important for everybody to understand. There's a duality trap. Uh, this right, wrong, good, and bad, there is no such thing. Uh, it doesn't exist unless you're there to observe it. Uh, so it, our, our, we, our emotions and our thoughts and feelings, they're neither right or wrong, good or bad. That's why I really like Carl Jung, and the way he describes the shadow because we all have not demons we got shadows uh so i have and, and i you can put if you sit with him you can put a face to him Um, I have Uh, I have the loser shadow. I have the hero. I have, you know, he wants to save the day for everybody. That's the hero in me. I have the martyr uh, who will throw himself on a hand grenade for anybody. I don't know if everybody (laughs) has the martyr. (laughs) Well, these are my shadows. Everybody's shadows are a bit different. But my favorite shadow, you know, that had the judge that loves to judge everything. Uh, And and, and they're like a six year old, you know, six year old going dad, dad. Dad, that, if you, and you know, you're like, why, you know, if you snap on him because you haven't paid attention to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, when you pay attention to the judge that's judging this dude is in front of me, instead of using the word, you know, instead of judging him, uh, I understand I'm judging it, but I'm not going to react to that judgment. So, uh,
0: so yeah, there's, so, so there's a little bit of circumstances, things that are, so a person that might be stealing, for example, there's some people that do it maliciously, but some people are doing it because of real need. Is that, sure. is that kind of a
1: Um, you know, it's not our job it's not my job to judge them yeah. as right or wrong or good or bad. That's not my job. That's none of our job. I mean I really I don't feel um we're qualified to make that judgment. In fact, Jesus even said, let you without sin be the first to cast a stone because he understood, uh, whether or not he was real or not. We can, we can discuss that another day. Schematics on that one, but the no, mess- I'm not. I'm not broaching that, <laughs> but no. the, the message he shared with people was, re- it, w- it was a beautiful message. And, and yeah. I believe that he understood vibrations. I believe that he understood that when we judge anybody as bad, that we are lowering our vibration to fear. It's mm-hmm. not our job to judge the rapist or the uh, murderer as bad it's our job to figure out the uh, the system that created that it, you know they're just a part of the system that we created it's time that we take ownership of the people around us and what the things are doing and stop depending on the law enforcement to do something that we should be doing collectively, getting off our couches, turning off the TV, connecting with each other, removing the labels, uh, talking with each other. I go to Trump rallies not to judge and shame them, but better understand what their narratives are and make friends with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge anybody, anybody's right or wrong, good or bad. I just wanna better understand the things that are going on and what they're saying and, and start trying to help other people come together and start talking because it's, it's time it's a revolution It's 2020 man we're coming Ta- at them.
0: time to awaken it's time to awaken
1: so where do you think the
0: line because uh what's the, who's the quote was it gandhi that said uh i like your christ but i don't like your christians that's it what is the so a lot of different religions have the same Narratives, peace, love, all those things, but there's a disconnect. You think that's
1: part of? Absolutely. As I was sharing before we got on the microphone, here, um, my one of my favorite philosophers is uh, is Kierkegaard, and, and what he said is to label me is to negate me, and 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 and, and so. What, it, it, I believe in my heart that we are so much more than a Christian or a Republican or Democrat or liberal. We are way more. As human beings, we're so much more than that. And it's time to remove these labels and start talking to each other as human beings.
0: There is a lot of nuance to that. That's an argument that I have. I've, I've shared that with Josh. I was like, I don't believe in a right or left. Mm-hmm. And because if, over time, you can see, obviously, what's the... the One of the most common narratives is that parties have switched. And I'm like, well, not really. They kind of just they have different administrations who I think it's measurable by greed. And, and Most of <laughs> um,
1: the institution, it's the institution behind the message is what right. I have a problem with. And, and one of my favorite people who kind of sent me down this rabbit hole, his name is Daryl Davis. And he there's a documentary on him on Netflix called the, I think it's the Accidental Cur- uh, Curiosity or something like that. You can Google it. I don't know. How, uh, right, but anyways, he is doing something pretty radical that nobody else, is do- nobody else has been doing. He's been doing it for a hot minute. Who's this? Uh, Daryl Davis. Yeah, Daryl Davis. Davis. With. He yeah. is a, a a blues player in Memphis yeah. and he's made fr- he's a color he's a dark-skinned brother who has made friends with the KKK. And he- I just told Josh about this. Yeah, yeah. And ke- mm.
0: he keeps their. They end up giving him the robes. The, the He's rope. got two
1: dozen robes hanging in his closet, like a damn
0: trophy. He's a trophy hunter, including <laughs> a
1: grand imperial wizard's robe and two over two hundred ex-clansmen in his phone book as friends now because he sat down on the table and took the labels off and addressed and talked to them like a human being. You know. With respect, and and they, they 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 in return they gave him respect back, and they like, he went to cross burnings. I mean, my God, dude. that! He's my hero, dude, for real. That brother can sit down with the KKK and go to a cross burning and not judge or shame them for that. Do my my, heart, my my hats off to him, I and mean, he's he's my hero, one of my heroes today.
0: Anybody that's listening to this, you do need to give Daryl Davis his due. Absolutely, um, and check that out. There's also. I think there's another documentary, Josh, I want to look this one up. Uh, It is called the the enemy. Oh, man, if I could remember the name. But there is a Muslim woman that does the same thing. Uh, But there's a whole documentary. It's the. uh, The enemy in me or it's on Netflix. If I've given you enough to go off of, try, try to find it. But if not,
1: please let me know. We'll, we'll leave that it? in the comments.
2: See, there's the enemy in me, but that's uh, Jacob Newell Campbell, and that's okay. about bi- uh, bipolar. And no, this nope. is a documentary
0: <laughs> where she she goes and uh, interviews um, clan member white supremacists.
2: Oh, is it the enemy within?
0: Enemy within, enemy yes. Within. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking. What's at her the name
2: right now? Uh, let me pull this up. To, uh, man, I'm gonna butcher the name. Uh, Se- okay. Sita uh, Warsi. Okay. So it was the first That's Muslim good. woman gotcha. in the cabinet. Offers a unique perspective on British multiculturalism.
0: Oh, yeah, so, I love it. Yeah, we'll we'll also add that in the comments. But yeah, same. Yeah.
1: I, I, I like to hear about these kinds of things. I, I, there's a lot of neat um, documentaries coming out that are crossing some uh, borders. Like I think there's one called The Red Pill as well, where this woman starts <laughs> off as a... Fe- uh, take The Red Pill. She starts off literally as a self-prescribed feminist, but by the end of it, she understands the labels as well, and she no longer subscribes to that label. There's um, a... I believe uh,
0: the most... Um let's say one of the one of your points on that is intersectionality so that these labels do exist but it's also important to understand the nuances between them so for example we are affected by similar things but some people are still affected
1: differently or disproportionately so um, the labels exist uh, they, that, that's a good point really it is a good point to understand that uh these labels some of them are here really to help us uh, you know to Shed more light on the situation and, and raise awareness to what's going on there. But there's still some, there's a lot of them like, you know, it's time to lose the religious labels, man. Yeah. It's time, it's time to stand. You know, I can, I can stand on a corner and look at on four different corners and see a church on every corner. I bet you none of them talk to each other, and I think that's just un- unacceptable. It's time, it's time to rise above Correct. all of that.
0: Yeah, I think, and just to back that up, when I said I don't believe in a left or right, I obviously acknowledge that people that believe that exist. What I'm saying is if <laughs> at the end of the day, it's important to understand the nuances between some of those things. For example, you'll hear Abraham Lincoln was the founder of the Tea Party. But if you go look at the things Lincoln said, they're they're in stark contrast that other Leaders that claim to be Republicans. It gets into that whole sure. who's
1: a real Christian, <laughs> who who's the that, better. That, that, again, that's where we come into labels and comparing each other. Just understand all of these Judgment. narratives have value. <clears throat> it's t- it's our attachment to those narratives that are screwing it up forever. Uh, yeah.
0: Labels plus dissonance mm. equals <laughs> not being able to understand stuff.
1: Toxic. <laughs> it equals toxic behavior. Uh, people. Uh, you know, these these attachments again, I mean, ha- great, great example would be uh, sports, organized sports like there's a great document, another great documentary on Netflix called The Mask We Live In, and it is based on hyper hyper-mascul- institutionalized hyper masculinity. Mm-hmm. And how that is affecting the men of the world And uh, organized sports. I, I used to love football. I used to watch it every Sunday. I was I'm a diehard Lions fan. I used to be a diehard Lions fan. I no longer support organized sports because I I see the harm and damage that they're doing, especially to the men of the community uh, with the programming. You know, tough guys got to be tough. I really feel that we are past the gladiator stage of life. That we no longer <laughs> need these gladiator Some stadiums. <laughs> you know, we need, we need artists and musicians and lovers and thinkers and creators. We don't need gladiators anymore. Yeah. We're past all that. I, I would like
0: to build on that a little bit. So Please the, do. the, uh, who was the gentleman Josh that, uh, he wanted to shed light on the concussion rates of the NFL.
1: Oh, uh, uh, I know the movie you're talking about. I, I know Smith Denzel Washington.
0: Or I oh, is it Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait a minute what's oh i'm thinking of another movie uh but yeah so in that what,
2: what is yeah that? was it uh will smith and alec baldwin it's just called concussion it was a 2015 it. It. documentary yeah, yeah so right here so, on
0: imdb you know obviously like it's not like football's bad or sports are bad but mm. the, the the masculinity part of that came into like oh go sit down you're a sissy exactly. but people were dying these get these men were suffering from concussions and that that was Developing, I'm not a scientist, so or a neurologist, but going on and later in life, it was really screwing them up. There's there's stuff like that about the uh, WWE too, mm-hmm. how they kind of perpetuate those things. So it's not like you can't do this, but it's like, hey, let's let's look at the bigger picture
1: here. Please, let's look at let's look how we're treating each other as a result of all of that, uh, or even the fans and the way they treat each other. I, I mean, they'll, they'll kill each other over these teams that have never done anything for them, but they'll they'll go to jail for 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 the team, you know, and they'll they'll, they'll Swing on people, you know. It just it just boggles the mind that would, the the damage that we'll do to each other for an attachment to something that doesn't do us any good.
0: Yeah, Chris dillia kind of makes fun of pokes fun at that where he's like he goes football. He's like he, he's kind of touching on that, but he gets really goofy with it. He's like I want to see the Dolphins and the Eagles fight in real life. Like, I want to see actual <laughs> right. Dolphin. I don't know. If that's exactly what he said, but it's pretty hilarious. Uh, that's great. And he go. He has his whole, and then. <laughs> And then I uh, just, he said, uh, he goes, you know, he goes, you have grown men who wear other men's names on their back. And he said, <laughs> he goes, if you do that, he said, he goes, if you're wearing a, a Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky should be able to skate over and fuck you. Like that, <laughs> that's that's what. Oh, my God. So a- he pretty much tears <laughs> him down. But obviously, it's a little homophobic. But um, it still, the point is, is some of these guys take this
1: way too incredibly serious and it doesn't and how does that help anybody when you when you do this how does this help the people around you uh these these narratives that were were we're existing especially as men uh we were we're struggling to to hold on or to find our identity in the world uh because of the social programming that we're growing up and you know I think before the show we we're talking a little bit about um you know uh how, you know what is uh, how should a man you know be in this world and and you know I, I'm, with par- I'm with the part I'm with a partner uh we've been together almost two years and and uh, she is the my hero today uh, and, and and our relationship is unique in the sense that neither of us, and we've never had an, a, a serious argument yet. We've never said one mean thing to each other. Uh, we and, and we practice nonviolent communication with each other. And she became my hero. And and I can't wait for her to hear this because I want her to know how much I love her. And 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 the hero that she's become in my world mm-hmm. today. Uh, the social narratives that we grew up in, uh, to, to, to describe her as she's what I call a two-spirited individual. Um, and and two-spirit Native Americans actually worship the two-spirit. They cherish the two-spirit individual. Uh, they, they held them up on pedestals because they are more balanced. And today's narratives, uh, she would be called, she's what's called trans. She was Mm -hmm. born as a male, identifies as a female. She's identified as a female since she was about eight, nine years old. And when every day I see her, she puts on her. She steps into her truth every day, and I am amazed by that. I, I mean, she's become such a um, uh, a flag of my weirdness, and, and how important it is. I own my weirdness when I step out into the world every day, and to teach other people how to do that as well.
0: It's truth because that, that Sam allows me to exploit my weirdness. I feel much more not weird. But we got to we got to help each other explore that because what's weird is not necessarily weird at all. Exactly. Like, it's only I mean, weird
1: in the beginning. It's only uncomfortable. Because it's
0: not uh, it's taboo like
1: I don't know. liking
0: things that are intellectual. And, you know, we've been trained that that's I, yeah. hey, I, Exactly, I, I, there's an experience that I had. And this this changed my life. Um when I was a child, kind of grew up in the same area. I had a buddy who said he used the word gargantua all the time. There's a spider. It's gargantua, and he would say it. <laughs> so I started saying it, and I said it to this. Uh, well, we won't name anybody, but I said it to this person, and he says, "What's that?" And I was like, "Oh," and this was very. I mean, I might have been eight or nine. I don't really remember, but I was like, "Oh, I think. Uh, I think it just means big." <laughs> I took it out of context or took it in context, and. Uh, Later on, like, I don't know when exactly this this came up, but this, this child said, I asked my dad about that word you used. And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, he goes, he said big words were for queers. Mm. And yeah, and I remember being like, what, what in the world? <laughs> so later on in life, and this is kind of how bad things can turn into good things, I guess, silver linings, let's get into that. But mm. later on, I remember asking, I, I remember recalling that moment and I was like, wow, that was a really extremely ignorant thing to say. Also arrogant. Um, and, uh, I made a decision to look up a definition every day. Oh, wow. And that grew into, um, where now I compulsively, if I see a word that I don't know, I immediately look it up. Um, and yeah, and, uh, it just, it's now it, it's grown into, you know, what's the little habits turn into big, you know, whatever you, accomplishments. Absolutely. Everybody knows what that is. Um, but yeah, so it, it sent me on this path. Something he said negatively sent me on this path of actually doing a lot of extensive research on a lot of areas and things. So if he didn't, if he didn't want that intent, that's the intent that had it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I hope you will take that and now look at that and look at how if you apply 20 minutes a day mm-hmm. to mindful meditation, how you can something, reap that, that how yeah. what that can grow into. Look at what, just something that simple started off and, the, and look what it grew into. And you can, the same so thing now, will got, happen. I got an app
0: on here that I'm trying to, I've been trying to uh, explore. Maybe, maybe you know a little bit about this.
1: Is it orange? It's got a little orange circle insight time or the insight uh i use the insight meditation headspace app. headspace okay that's headspace pretty good absolutely okay. they're, they're all good they're all and anything that works it's not for one but the biggest thing you need to remember about meditation is mm-hmm. there's no wrong way to do it that is the number one thing number two 20 minutes is proven 20 minutes a day is all you need i do more a lot of times because i have more time available and i like to i, I enjoy sitting with myself and looking at the words I'm using to describe the realities around me. And I like to find new words. And one of the best analogies that I heard was uh, by a gentleman, one of my best friends who got me in, who, who actually turned me on to this journey. His name is Ben Delaney. Uh, he started a meeting in East Nashville called The Conscious Transformation. Uh, he was inspired by this uh, a, a, a gentleman out in Colorado by the name of Joey, uh, Joey Klein with a k uh joey klein wrote this book called the inner matrix and uh when i first met ben we giggle about it now but I, i've known him uh you know at this point about at that point about 12 years and you know in the beginning he was kind of a cock blocking douchebag and we giggle about it not because he really was and i was you know i was pretty much the same way so um But on this occasion, you know, four years ago, almost five years ago, I flipped a quarter after some some serious depression and anxiety. I tried to kill myself. I, Mm. I, I, I woke up. I was still on the fence of wanting to die or not. So I flipped the quarter, and it was either get busy living or go ahead and get busy being dead. And I was so desperate for death that I put tails. you know, Bob Dylan said it, get busy being born or get busy being dead. And so I was so desperate for death, I put tales, uh, death on tails, because tails never fails. And the, the, the one time, that yeah, heads both times, didn't even get an opportunity to think that I was going to get a chance. I'm stuck. So I crossed paths with Ben, and I saw a new light behind him. I was like, what are you doing It's different? I really did. I saw a new light. And now I, I really wanted to know. And he handed me this book the inner matrix so uh, i took this book i went to uh panama city for about four months uh, luckily at that time i had a job that allowed me to work from home so i rented a room a half mile from the beach and i pra- i started reading this book and this book gave me the science and and, and the daily practice in the back to go with that science and the, why this stuff works and how it works and how it transforms the brain, you know, and creates new neural paths. And one of the analogies Ben used one day is, I, I love it dearly. Is like you know, the dog, are, you know, the way we respond is like a dog that runs back and forth a chain link fence. Okay, so mm-hmm. you know, the more it does it, the path, you know, the grass wears down. It becomes the path of least resistance. So the way we, the way we respond is very much the same way. It's the path of least resistance. Uh, meditation gives us the opportunity to. Uh, look at that, and, and give your dog a new path. You know, to to look at the path, understand it. It's not good or bad, right or wrong. And that's what you know. Those labels that we use mm. were bad. You know, that's my loser shadow. You know, if I if I if I'm not mindful, my loser shadow is going to be popping out, saying, "Yeah, you're a loser because all this shit mm. you did, man. And look what you did here, man. Look what you fucked up here, man." Blah blah blah. That's my loser shadow, man. Sad so so track. Not, yeah. Now now I got all my all my shadows on my cell phone speed dial, man. Especially if I'm out in social. <laughs> settings i need to tell you, if they're yapping you know it's best i go ahead and just talk to one of them go ahead and hit and that way i don't look stupid yeah yeah
0: <laughs> you know what i'm saying before you get to the party yeah, yeah. yeah
1: exactly so i get don't talk. be
0: talking to your shadow at parties
1: yeah you can talk to yourself it's okay in fact it's important no <laughs> exactly i will 100%. not do
0: that mm. um i want to go back just a minute uh to you know this idea because i've met a lot of strong people women transgender people mm. gay people uh, anybody like like that, LGBTQ. And one of the amazing things that I've, I, studying history, learned um, is some of the most powerful people in the world and some of the strongest people in the world were a lot, you know, it's not always been the the chest-beaten male. So mm, one thing I like sure. to talk about is uh, Baron Braun Struben. Um, Josh, can you pull him up? Uh, yeah. Uh, so most historians, and it's almost renownedly agreed upon even by, uh, like, Republican historians is that this individual was gay. So the man that trained the colonial troops uh was gay, and George Washington and Jefferson wrote to Washington, who what they was knew. his
2: name, Baron what? Baron von Struben? Aaron von or von Struben? Von Struben. Yeah. Oh, I see him. Yeah, Baron <laughs> von Struben. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can you read us a little bit? Read us a little Frederick
2: bit. William uh, August. uh for not, anyways, also referred to as Baron Brunswick, was a uh, Prussian and later on as an American uh, military officer. He was served as Prussian. an inspector general and a major general of the Continental Army during the American Revolutionary War.
0: Yeah, so he was a Prussian general, and he had gotten <laughs> kicked out for gay relations, and because of the subsequent rumors, he was He was unable to get a job, uh, and he had quite a bit of military exploits. So <laughs> Jefferson and Franklin wrote Washington, and they say this is the first version, which I do not endorse, but uh, <clears> the <throat> Don't Ask, Don't Tell, where they, they wrote Washington and they left all that out. They're, essentially, they said, you oh. know, it, it's understood that they didn't really care <laughs> that he was gay. We needed someone to support the troops get and the train job the done. troops, exactly. get the job done. We didn't care. But they knew George Washington might care. So another thing they, they theorize is that because – a lot of colonial men at the time didn't meet European people that they took his flamboyance just as that's how Europeans were. So it wasn't, they didn't see that way, but uh, there's also, can you pull up general Putman? Yeah. Um, This is very layman's terms. I don't want to assign too much to it, but I think the the going thesis analysis, this was a transgender person um, and they've done uh, research on the body of General is a general putman, is yeah. His a-
2: name is uh, General Israel uh, Putnam. So, yeah, we don't know what popularity known as old putt. <sighs> old putt, yeah. yeah. It was uh, he, he fought on the uh, during the American Revolutionary War as well. So,
0: so I, hear, I hear some of these things sometimes when guys are like, you know, yeah. um, they use. Racial and sexist epithets, and I'm like, hey man, do you understand that some of the people that built this country <laughs> were not like you? That, and I, man, I think those things that. that History is littered with people. Absolutely, um,
1: that's why. That's why I said you know Native Americans. When I define my my partner, I define her as a two spirited individual because for hundreds of years Native Americans worshipped these people. Uh, you can pull Google it, pull yeah. up all kinds of research and 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 and, and, and this is you know and actually and that's not the only culture that, that no, was accepted no, in too. No, and, I, and I, if you really want to kind of peel back or uh, peel back some layers here, we could. There's a narrative I like to explore as far as it, it goes back as far as. As uh, uh, Adam and Eve, but before Eve, are you are you aware that there was a wife before Eve? I was not. Okay, so this is if you Google it, Josh can pull it up. You just go ahead and Google was, Lilith, and you'll find that Lilith was Adam's first wife. Lilith and Adam were born of the same ground, so they were equals in all of this. Now the story goes, which is fa- it's kind of interesting, is uh, uh, Adam uh, Lilith asked Adam to lay beneath her so basically she wanted to be on top but adam's ego couldn't <laughs> handle it okay. so he went and complained to god and they cast her to the arms of satan and into the pits of hell so it's kind of interesting because Did that really happened yeah well for one hell wasn't even created until years later through dante's uh, inferno uh the seven layers of hell so even the, the conception of hell hadn't even been created so there's no way Lilith could Do even you think make, that idea was- yeah. No, oh, yeah. I'm most not, definitely, it's our ego. What, what I get out of that is men's ego. Now, okay. So, for one, men, man, we could create all kinds of beautiful things, and we have been able to for the, since the beginning of time. But the one thing, for one, we can't create life too i mean we play yeah. a part in that but we yeah, exactly we <laughs> might play a part in it but you know we're not the ones actually creating josh's
0: computer has just become sentient
1: <laughs> <laughs> AI, look out oh, <laughs> but uh so yeah i look back and this is kind of my feeling and my theory on it uh in judaism they talk about uh her being evil and all this so I, I really feel like our egos painted her as evil because we couldn't understand uh what it was that she actually was and uh, Some might call it Mother Nature. Some might call it whatever the universe. Uh, But Adam and Eve were equals. Uh, they they created, or Adam and Lilith were equals, and they created Eve, the subservient wife. And I think that's where it all went haywire from that point on.
0: I like one thing you're doing. You keep assigning everything to we, mm. which I, I don't necessarily always agree with, but it's definitely better than the other, where where sometimes people they want to assign we to all the good things in mm. history, but they don't want to assign we to all the it was. They did this. Right, right. But we built the Statue of Liberty damn it. No, we're <laughs> right? no, no. so.
1: we we're, we're, we're all in this boat together and the sooner we figure out how to start rowing this boat together, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be on our grandchildren, you know, down the road here and I really want to make it as easy for them as I possibly can. Uh yes. and it's time to, you know, stop judging each other, take these labels off of each other and start loving each other as we are. And the way I practice doing this, I mean, I I literally have to practice every day loving people uh before I step out <sighs> that door Where I know do I, I, I yeah. subscribe to white nationalist newsletters I subscribe to right-wing Christian you know Christian because I want to know what their narrative is so and I and I want to look at it with the eyes of non-judgment with instead with the eyes of better understanding, so that way when I walk out the door, I'm not gonna get slapped in the face with something I'm not prepared for, and I might react poorly to. Because five years ago, man, I was a totally different person. I hated the world. I was very I had, I was very toxic, and I wanted it to all go away. I wanted it to end. I don't think some people
0: realize how powerful the mind is, and I, I got a little mm. quick story. Um, so we're gonna do a whole episode on symbolism. Wonderful. But one day, um, I, ha- I had happened to be the circumstances are irrelevant, but I was knocking on the door and I saw a red Nazi symbol mm. on the door. And hey, not
2: a Nazi symbol, a swastika.
0: Swastika. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I saw a swastika and, uh, well, okay, we'll get back into that. But yeah, so I saw what I thought to be a swastika. And when the lady opened the door, it was a lady of Indian descent or. A Pakistani maybe I'm not really sure but I asked her I said uh or I told her I I, I was going from a point of of empathy I was like hey I'm sorry that that happened that's ridiculous and she looked at me and she's like she had a smile like I'm kind of like okay thanks have a great day you know and uh, later on I was like wow that was a really strange reaction from her and so I started doing some research and I, you know, I, I I did not know that the the swastika, first of all, the swastika is inverted. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, Greece, up, Greek. or it's creased. Yeah. It's yeah, up and down. It was, yeah.
1: Some it originally came from Greece, I believe. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah well, I, there's a ton of different like cultures used it forever. So mm-hmm. in the Indian culture specifically, and I might, again, not. It you can research it all yourself, but please do. But the, so the symbol she had, and I don't know exactly the, all the differences, but for example, they're flat, they're up and down, mm-hmm. and then also they're inverted, which in different cultures means maybe like a, it's a symbol of night and day. And, but she didn't assign what I assigned to it and even though I was trying to <coughs> empathize her with her or something there was no need to empathize no. and that was part of her culture
1: i don't think I, we need to see, it's time that we stop uh attaching the, the attachment we have to these things uh it's only hurting us uh, I understand why people, uh, care so much in certain things. And, you know, it, it's important to honor those feelings, but it's time to evolve. You still have to understand yeah, the ones. It's nuances. time to rise, path, rise above yeah. all of this. Because what I did was completely
0: irrelevant. At the end of the day, what I did was ignorant. It was just, I didn't have any idea what I was looking at. You had an ignorant moment. You know. Oh yeah, ignorant moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a basic lack of knowledge Not of what, it, what exactly. I was seeing.
1: Momentary lapse of reason.
0: Right. And, uh,
1: so I thought that was
0: very interesting because I signed something that I did not understand. So those, all those feelings I experienced were fake. They weren't real.
1: No, I disagree with that. they, 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 it's the again uh, emotions and thoughts are neither oh, okay. right or wrong, good or bad. They just are. Uh, it's how we define ourselves. Could, could by be them. Incorrect, huh? Were they incorrect? They weren't either. Mis- misleading? Well, you can, they they're there to learn from. Those okay. moments in time, that's all they And I are. did learn from it. Everything is there to learn and grow from. Nothing happens to us. To hurt us. Uh, men, especially the power of tear. And oh my God, this is the most powerful message of all when it comes to actually these tears and how amazing they are. I believe without any doubt in my heart, the tears are there to. What to, are the tears? Tears. Uh, well, for one, let's think about this. Uh, we're the only, and Josh can even back this up. Yeah, you can Google it. Uh, we're the only species on the planet that has three tear ducks. Every other species only has two. One, two? Yeah, we actually have three. The third tiered tier duck, which is where we cry, so the the other two for dry eyes and debris in the eyes, we have a third duck. Yeah, that's amazing. So that in itself is just magic, uh, and, and I believe without a doubt the tear, is, the tears that we shed are there to cleanse the toxic emotion. That that is the love that has been given to us. Uh, there to cleanse the toxic shit that lies beneath all of us. And the more we cry, the more we take ownership of those tears, and they empower us. They're not there to break us down and tear us apart. We've been fed a bunch of crap. It's all lies. I'm here to tell you, it's all lies. Every bit of it. Emotions are here to empower us. Yes, there are moments when you have to suck it up. Yes, that's the truth. Uh, You might be in a crisis situation where there's no time to cry. But take time later to honor the emotions that you're feeling mm-hmm. and acknowledge them and start and take ownership. And that's why I'm writing this book, Weirdos Incognito, how to take ownership. You know, it's it's, it's basically a biography step to how to own your weirdness because so, uh, we all have a weirdness inside of us. Uh, it doesn't matter how normal you look on the outside. Everybody's got some kind of weirdness on the inside, something that they're ashamed of, something that they're afraid of, it's time to take ownership of that. It's not there to hurt you. It is here to learn and, ri- and grow and rise above. Mm. Uh, the greatest gift I have ever been t- that I've been blessed with, one of the greatest gifts I've been blessed with today, is the ability to transform the pain and suffering that I once carried into a new life, not only for myself, but for those around me. It only it, and by doing that, it gives that pain and suffering a reason to exist. Cause at one time the worst thing that ever mm-hmm. happened to me was I thought it was all for nothing. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm 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 just bad luck. It's all for nothing. You know what what is the point to all? now I get it. It's there for something. It's there to build us up and, and to rise above, no matter how tragic your story is. I promise you, I've I known people, including myself, we can go toe-to-toe on tragedy. Tragedy is there to learn to, the, the most magical things have come from the greatest tragedies in my life. That's a fact. And I've had a couple of them. I was with a partner who was killed by a drunk driver after 10 years. Uh, And I sat down at the table with the guy four years ago and forgave him. I sat down with him and his daughter and forgave him and made sure that they understood how important it was I forgave him. I got to listen to his daughter and she got to tell me her side and what was like going for her. You know, none, again, none of that's there to hurt me. It's there to build me up. And, I, and at one time, I didn't share her story with anybody. I kept it to myself because I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. But now I understand that her love, you know, it's her love now that it's important I share it with people, that I share it with as many people as I can to share her story, to honor her life by being the best version of myself that I can possibly be. If it's I not don't, about perfection. Exa- progress, assume. not perfection. Exactly. But if I'm not doing the best I can, then I'm not honoring the love she gave me. Mm-hmm. And that would be the worst tragedy of all.
0: That is true. Well, man, that's really powerful, Stephen. I think we should end it right there. I think that that probably encapsulates the message. What do you think, Josh? Yep. Awesome. For sure, for sure. That I appreciate today. having me on. Stephen. Awesome,
1: thank you for here. Thank you. It honors my struggles greatly to be here, and uh, and gives them a re- again a reason, a purpose, and a reason to exist. So, thank you. Thanks, brother. Blessings to all.